Welcome, Play on Nerds listeners, to the Stuff and Thangs podcast, episode number two, a Walking Dead universe podcast. Uh, this is Jarman, a familiar voice, and I'm here with Jerry. Hello. Hey, Jerry, how's it going? It's going very well. I'm uh, I'm excited for episode two. Is this episode two? <laughs> yeah, it's like episode four of Fear the Walking Dead, but uh, uh, episode two for us, yeah. Right, exactly. Well, we'll yeah, we'll have some catching up to do, but that's that's fine. Um, the- yeah. And if you're wondering, people, where Garrett is, uh, Garrett Yoshitomi, our writer for the website, is still writing with us, but he, due to new time commitments, cannot join us on the podcast anymore for now. He might come on as a guest later on. We've been talking back and forth, so hopefully that'll happen in the near future. But for now, it's me and Jerry. Yeah, we hope not to disappoint you terribly. <laughs> I'm sure we will. It's okay. Uh, we're used to it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, used to, we're used to failure. But, it's the uh, play on nerd's way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> failure is freedom. There you go. That's like a quote that could be in a Walking Dead episode. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be a title. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send that one over to. That's a good one. Sh- yeah, the showrunners. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so okay, we covered the first episode. Yeah. So now we're probably we're gonna recap you guys up to the episode four. So next, we're doing the three episodes now: two, three, and four. And the first one we were just talking about before we started recording, which was we all fall down. Yes. And I'm realizing that I didn't watch that one. <laughs> I skipped it by accident. So what was that one basically about, if you could tell us, Jerry? Uh, it was basically a filler episode where Abigail needs to sort of lose the boat that they're uh, being pursued by, which, uh, if you recall, they were uh, Alicia was trying to raise people on the radio and ended up getting in contact with this guy named Jack. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he seemed like a nice guy at first as they all do. And he ended up, (laughs) he ended up being a, uh, some sort of pirate. They came across like a a sunken boat and they kind of put two and two together and realized that they were being pursued. And in order, in order for them to, uh, lose this other ship on the radar, they docked at this, this Island, which was inhabited by a family. It was uh, a man, his wife and his three kids. And, uh, they were this weird miniature doom cult where they seemed really nice and great people and well-stocked and protected. But uh, as you find out later, as the episode goes on, the dad is a little weird. Mom's a little desperate. Uh, the oldest son's a little too militant. And he's and a the redhead, kid, so Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He has no soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, then, so he's just the worst. And uh, <laughs> the, the kids are oblivious to it. But uh, Nick, our our uh, handy dandy heroin junkie, I figures guess. out yeah figures out that uh, the father's planning on uh, poisoning the rest of the family in like a murder suicide I guess uh, just to, to take like a painless easy way out uh, and uh, the mother tries to get Maddie I believe to take the the small the youngest two kids and uh, shit goes wrong is it. Always does. Um, the little girl overdoses on the pills. She dies. The mom goes to cradle the body, and you know how that goes. Um, the the daughter wakes up, tears the mother's neck out. And, uh, oh, it was yeah. It was it was a really um. You knew it was going to happen, and stuff like this always happens in in zombie apocalypse shows and and, and movies. But it was still a little heartbreaking because 
um, you really thought that um, at least it would add some dynamic if there were these two kids on board and yeah. all this other good stuff. But uh, it didn't work out like that. So it was just sort of like, here's these people and now watch them die and end episode. What happened to the two boys? They also got killed? Uh, no, they left them on the dock. Uh, the oldest boy and um, the younger, the youngest uh, stood on the dock and as a little boy is waving to Maddie and the rest of the people and Abigail, uh, the oldest son has to snipe his mom in the head and that's that's that. Wow. And yeah, this goes to show that I, you know, Marathon watched the last two episodes, three and four, and I didn't seem to miss anything story-wise by not seeing this episode. <laughs> so that says something, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> No, it was, I suppose it was mainly just to illustrate that, you know, there are people that are still out there and they're kind of, trying, uh, excuse me, I'm choking on a peanut. Um, <laughs> That's how you went. That's how you became undead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, please, yeah, please put, write that on a piece of cardboard and like lay that on my beheaded body. <laughs> Choked on a peanut. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, just to illustrate that there's people out there and, and they're doing the best that they can and sometimes that's not that great it's actually pretty horrific um mm-hmm. and families yeah 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 it, it really doesn't further the plot very much i mean you have to go to episode three which was oh gosh now i don't really remember episode three that well Ouroboros. Um, Ouroboros. yes they what do they do in that episode they kind of oh. go on another uh island of sorts well that's where the, the plane had crashed Oh, that's right. Yeah, they uh, that was the wreckage of, I believe, Flight Four Sixty Two. But that's the one that was in the in the shorts. And I haven't seen the shorts, but you mentioned that was in your blog review on the website. But are they worth watching? Or are they something that's entertaining? Oh, I don't know. I, su- <laughs> I suppose as as far as you can get in like fifteen thirty second little snippets of story, it's basically. Oh, that's yeah, they're very. They they were shown in during the commercial breaks of uh, I think. Yeah, as I believe it's the if not one of the first, uh, uh, like the patient zero type situation, where one you know the first people to get sick were aboard this plane. Oh wow! Uh, and it crashes on this on this beach, and they spend the entire episode scrounging around on the beach. Yeah, I, I think my biggest complaint was they're still out at sea. Um, Strand's still trying to get a hold of the people, this mysterious person or people that he's going to meet in Mexico. That's the other thing we find out is that they're they're headed to Mexico. Like and at it the was, end of that episode, right? Or was it towards the middle somewhere? Well, Daniel tells Maddie that he found a map and that they're going to Mexico. And um, it was uh, Rosarito. And it, <laughs> this is a crack up to me that Daniel has to explain to Maddie what Rosarito is as if it's not. Like the most popular tourist destination in Mexico. Like I, if you live in, yeah, I hadn't heard of it. <laughs> well, you know what? Everybody when everybody that uh, thinks of Mexico, they're like, oh, Tijuana. But if you go a little further, Rosarito is actually really, really beautiful place to go, and it's it's pretty popular with uh, California tourists. Um, oh, gotcha. And plus, yeah. you wouldn't want to go to Tijuana nowadays, I wouldn't think. No, well, I mean, Tijuana was sort of like the zombie apocalypse, like come to life but now it's a lot better there's you know you can actually go there and 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 not get arrested or shaken down you can actually enjoy a good meal you know killed yeah yeah that's good. Um, um you could i i say just don't get drunk like you can drink 
But if you get drunk and you start wandering around, which you could do pretty much anywhere else, like in your hometown or whatever, don't do it in Mexico. <laughs> that's probably smart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's my one piece of advice. But um, so they figured out Rosarito. Um, oh, the whole thing was that there were, uh, there were walker guts in the, in the rotors and the, in the pumps for the boat for Abigail. Right. So they were stuck. Um, and that's when Travis and- becomes suddenly an expert on boat technology. And, yeah, scuba, he, and scuba diving, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's 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 scuba certified, and he's a, this, he's a he's a boat mechanic. Like, yeah, of course. I want there to, I want there to be the a backstory for Travis where he um he like sees that commercial that that plays like at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning about becoming a a, a boat mechanic or a motorcycle mechanic, and he's just sitting there drinking a beer, going, "Yes, I want to do that." Like, or like a Viagra ad where they have show somebody, you know, working on a boat, but also scuba diving and on a beach somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and you find out that his 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 tightly knit curls are actually from a Hair Club for Men or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Because, you know, he sees the guy working on the boat and he, you know, comes out of the pool with a full head of hair. And he's like, yeah, I want that to be me. <laughs> and, and, you know, he like during a fight with Maddie or something like that, he takes night classes on <laughs> Like <laughs> scuba certification or boat this is boat now his season. unofficial backstory for Travis. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. He gets into a fight. And, yeah, uh, yeah. He does say in the scene at least he's like, you know, this isn't like working on a carburetor, implying that I guess he works on cars. But we didn't know that before. But that has to be nothing like fixing a boat filter. Like I, no. yeah. This is this is a. <laughs> I'm assuming this is a multi million dollar yacht. It looks like it. Yeah, that. I mean, it's got the the most state of the art, you know, navigation and and sonar technology. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to bang around on the pipes and you know, <laughs> get this fucker going. And of course, in the next episode, we'll talk about later. But he hot wires it. So I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it's, I don't know what to make of this guy. Like, I he's feel MacGyver. like being, yeah, he's MacGyver or like making a really racist comment, like that he can hot like hot wire and steal a boat because it's just like hot wiring and stealing a car. Um, and he's, he's a minority of some sorts that must right be true, exactly right? Yeah. yeah he's a <laughs> m- minority of un- undetermined origin well in my in my recap of a of a we all fall down actually the the weird father on the island pegs travis for being maori and that's the first time i think he's actually ever been a maori in an actual role yeah yeah as opposed to like a mexican or something like that's that. funny because i saw you write that so i was waiting for that line to happen in the last two episodes and i was like oh it never came that's because i didn't watch the actual episode <laughs> oh see look at that it's it's all it's all making sense but <laughs> i need to go back and watch that now so so there's this there's this situation where so meanwhile um there i think chris nick ophelia and and uh, daniel are on the island scrounging around and that's where they find the survivors of um, flight 462 and it's um, it was it was three people one of them got uh, one of them ended up getting bit I think like that and he's the one that was clogging up the or his viscera if you will yeah was what was clogging up the Abigail meanwhile there was that guy with like the nasty ugly sunburn um, <laughs> yeah some kind of burn yeah some sort of horrible skin malady and then the <laughs> The Asian woman who has a name, I, I know her Her name's not just Asian woman. Um, <laughs> Racist. Yeah. God. Yeah, I'm really outing myself here. Um, uh, her name was Asian woman number two? No, that's not No, 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 no. Uh, it was... Michelle Ong played Alex. Alex, there you go. All right. 
Good job. Quicker. <laughs> I'm like trying to read through my whole recap right here. And I had the IMDb just ready to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's you. I have to have that up because they never say like the minor characters, which we'll talk about about the recap of this latest episode. Anyhow, I think the main po- portion of the episode is shit happens. They get chased off the beach by a bunch of walkers and um, they come to some sort of agreement where they can't necessarily take the survivors on the Abigail, but they'll tow them on the boat or like on their little raft. Yeah, I'll tow them behind them. Yeah, until they get to the next destination, whatever that may be. But I guess that, I don't think they even get like a mile out before Strand <laughs> gives them the chop and lets them, lets them afloat to die of exposure, which is a really horrible way to go. But. Oh, yeah. And like, I, I got I like the fact that it makes Strand kind of a badass still, but then at the same time, he has to really kind of start weighing things. It's like, you can only be so much of an ass before there's more of them. They could just kill you and throw you overboard. So yeah. it's like, before he was like straddling the line of like, it's my boat, my rules. But now it's like, you're a cold-blooded killer. We're, we're just going to kill you first. So <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. And he, yeah, he's he's been... It's weird to say that he's been pushing his luck because he is mm-hmm. basically the savior of the entire group. Um, and that's really based on, I guess, how he feels about Nick and how he sees Nick as, as an asset. That yeah. just happens to come with all this baggage. Um, even though Travis proved himself useful getting Abigail running again. Because um, he was MacGyver. Because he's MacGyver. He's, you know, Captain McBody Guyver, whatever. Um <laughs> And, uh, but everybody else is just kind of a, you know, maybe a pain in his ass. Like he, Daniel obviously thinks th- something's up and he's just not a trusting person anyway. Uh, I don't think he really has much of an opinion about Chris other than he's kind of a bitch. Um, he's still kind of that way. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. And Alicia is the one that got him into this hot mess that they're still dealing with. Um, but yeah, the episode three ended with them. Uh, cutting the survivors loose, and then and episode four begins with how uh, upset Travis is with Strand for doing that. Like it starts with uh, him and Maddie in there. Um, God, is it a cabin on a boat? Uh, oh yeah, I guess you call them cabins. Yeah, I was yeah I was gonna say chamber. I don't. That's <laughs> <laughs> like calling a cruise ship anyway. Yeah, they're, they're quarters or something like that. There you go. And he yeah, and he actually does say that he's gonna. Uh, he wants to throw Strand overboard, but, and it's funny because, because Maddie kind of calls him out and she's like, what are you really going to do? Like, we kind of need him. And it's, and this is the first time he's mentioned doing anything other than talking. Every yeah. time, every time some shit good goes down, Travis goes, well, I'll go talk to him. I'll go talk to him. <laughs> he's also a master negotiator. Yeah. He's a, he's wow. Yeah. He's like, so he, uh, thinks. So he thinks, right. He's Kevin Spacey. In that <laughs> in that movie. movie with, yeah, do I, man, I can't remember what it's called. It was Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, the, the negotiator. negotiator. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I guess we can mostly talk about this episode because it's most recent, and I actually do feel like this was almost I hope so the breakout episode of this show so far to me, anyways. And it's kind of different. It's breaking away from how Walking Dead really feels because the whole flashback thing to before the apocalypse is something we never saw on walking dead. I don't think did we ever see a flashback that far. No. Um, Cause be, when we started what with walking dead, it there's that time gap where Rick was in a coma 
Mm-hmm. And then it picks up right after that, and it follows that narrative pretty strongly. Uh, we have little flashbacks with, like, Michonne, and, you know, just to oh, illustrate yeah. that, yeah, she had uh, a, a kid and a boyfriend. Her nice apartment uh, and everything. Her nice apartment and, and her boyfriend's friend, and those were the two walkers that she made her da- her entrance with. Yeah. Um, we did this, we did sort of a, not necessarily a flashback, but a, you know, a thing with the governor, and then... We had a, a backstory of Morgan, and it wasn't even really a backstory. It was just like what he was doing before he saved um, uh, Daryl and what was his name? Aaron. So really, Michonne had the only pre-apocalypse flashback. Right, yeah. She was the only one that was shown to have like a normal life before this, and you know, we just assume, you know, and which is interesting because they really could have, for as much filler as, the, as Walking Dead has, they could have done a backstory on... You know, they could have, they had, yeah, they had their pick, you know. I'm pretty sure people were chomping at the bit to learn more about Merle and Daryl, what they were doing before the apocalypse, you know. Absolutely. Drink another trailer. Right, exactly. Probably beating up a a gay dude or a black guy. Probably. You know, well, Merle anyway. Now they're, now they're so sympathetic, but not. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever see the movie The Postman, by the way, with Kevin Costner? Yes, I did. So for some, I know it's a horrible movie apparently to people, but I watched that so much when I was a kid. <laughs> I love that movie. And the scene that makes me think of is the, the, the guy who's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. He was talking, he's a big speech to Kevin Costner about before this, I used to be a copy salesman or copy right, machine yeah, salesman. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember <laughs> And that. Like, I love that the way that dynamic is so cool. I wish they could have had a scene like that with the governor or even like with Negan. It's like, show this badass villain warlord and then show the ship person he was before that happened. Like he was working yeah. at a Starbucks or something, you know? And yeah. He's just a middle, like a middle management chump who never really got any sort of respect like yeah. in, in civilization. Well, I think, um, to get off track just a little bit, they're doing a, a Negan backstory in the comic right That's now. Right. Um, but yeah, they, it's like an untapped resource is the backstories of all these characters. Have you read any of that so far? I have, I have not. I've been on a star Wars comic kick. So well, there's a lot of new ones of that coming out too. So mm, yeah. So where were we in terms of through the walking dead? Well, I did like not just the flashbacks, so we can get into strands flashback later, but oh, the, yeah, 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 it starts off with, awesome nick who's like the only character i find well him and strand are like the characters i care about the most so far mm-hmm. yeah me too and he's like walking out of the water naked and puts on dry dry clothes and puts the walker blood all over him tricks the walker first and that yeah. was all a really cool scene i thought yeah it was um yeah i was really pleased with it <laughs> just the the line to my recap it just it just it was like a, a flowers blooming in my brain it was beautiful like Naked heroin addict washes up on shore. That's right. <laughs> Scene uh, opens. Naked heroin. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, he just he just he goes to task. Like he, it's interesting. Like the misdirection, and you know, he's not just using brute force because he does. He just needs the one walker. He's not looking to fight whatever ones might be lurking around. Yeah, he just needs to you know get himself camouflaged and 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 go on his little mission, which. We really don't figure out which, and the pacing of the episode is really great because we, as we start seeing the flashbacks, you know, of Strand's, you know, um, his purpose and his destination, all these other things that are revealed to us, sort of is parallels with how like Nick's progress on this on this island or not island, but on this particular stretch of coast and on this housing track that he finds, um, 
really, really well, well done. Um, but then, of course, uh, when did uh, when did shit go wrong for them? Was it during? It was Chris and Ophelia talking. Oh yeah, and then suddenly the people come up in the boat. Should I shoot them? Should I shoot them? Oh god, <laughs> he's really? more and more useless all the time. He yeah, he really is just. Just the he's awful. He couldn't even kill a guy on that sh- that plane that wanted him to kill him. He kept failing. Right, yeah. <laughs> he yeah he did, and that was, yes yeah the, <laughs> he tries to help. The guy has his spine exposed, and oh that's pretty rough. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, Chris has to bludgeon him, and it takes him like four tries. So this guy's just an absolute misery. I mean, he's so wafy. It kind of makes sense. You can't <laughs> lift that thing to kill the guy. True, yeah, true. But it's it, you know it's it's um um. um a point, like, you know, you get him in the temple with the right leverage, you know, twist your body and heave ho, it's like chopping wood, but then what would a, a, a urban kid, you know, <laughs> Los Angeles kid know about chopping wood? So I guess you can't really blame him, but... Yeah, he's not really from the project, so he doesn't know <laughs> No, not at all. Com- completely useless millennial. I would say, yeah, he's a millennial, useless millennial. But like I was to say about just I'm thinking about this show and also Walking Dead is that there's typically really good looking women and then not very many good looking guys in both mm-hmm. in both shows. But because even Daryl, who all the girls are obsessed about now, he's not a very good looking guy. It's just that he's very charismatic and they like his character. But same thing on this show, like a lot of beautiful women, but then the dudes are all pretty plain looking. I mean, like Nick looks like uh, maybe like I don't know Johnny Depp's like heroin addict little brother or something. He does, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He looks like. Yeah, he looks like Johnny Depp's, uh, like the picture of Dorian Gray. Like. <laughs> yeah, the young version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was strange, but it's, it makes things feel more realistic when there's real look, real looking people on the show. I think it's kind of neat, but anyways, yeah. I digress. He was, well, Chris was talking about his girlfriend in Pomona, which is funny. I used to live in Pomona. <laughs> um, and his, his girlfriend is most certainly dead. Yeah, definitely. And, but I think he's, I think he was trying to flirt with Ophelia a little bit. She kind of shut him down with that face she made. <laughs> yeah, she did. Ian, and there's a lot of lessons to be learned in the zombie apocalypse, and rejection is still mm-hmm. one of them. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Even the apocalypse will make you more appealing. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. exactly. Yeah, there's the friend zone still exists at the end of the world, buddy. I'd rather just tough it in the streets than deal with having sex with you. That's what Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. Yeah, I'll take my chances. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, but yeah, then, then this, uh, this raft out of nowhere shows up with, you know, this pregnant woman who appears to be bleeding and the, and these two guys with her. And yeah, he, there's no, uh, they just barge, which is an auto term, I believe <laughs> <laughs> they barge right in and, and come aboard the Abigail. Um, and yeah, Chris is terrible. He not sure who to shoot or what to shoot or if to shoot. And he's screaming for his dad. And, and so Travis comes out and Maddie comes out and, uh, you know, they're just so overwhelmed with the situation that, you know, the, the pregnant woman sort of takes over their their list of priorities and, you know, trying to sort out if these people are good or bad sort of is way down, you know, on the priority list, which is a stupid mistake. I guess that was the idea, though. It's just like, oh, she's pregnant and injured. We must help. Yeah, she yeah. just ran in there. She didn't even take yeah. a second. Shock and awe, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, and, and it ended up working. So as... And they separated the group perfectly. Uh, Maddie takes uh, the pregnant girl, her, her name's Vita, I believe, into the bathroom. Um, meanwhile, it's I believe it's Travis, Chris, Daniel, 
<clears throat> with the other two guys. And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Alicia is like waking up as if it's Saturday morning and mom's cooking breakfast. And <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> her blinds kind of like roll up like in the cartoons and the, <laughs> yeah. the sunlight like just like bursts in and another beautiful day right just ah stretches and you know puts on a a, a sweater comes outside and like her mom's helping this woman who's got blood running down her legs and she's pregnant mom what's going on who's that lady who is that (laughs) oh must be one of her friends oh well i guess i'll just see if there's any pancakes left and (laughs) you know goes out to where all these voices are coming from and it's they they purposely are playing the, you know like she's hearing these muffled voices and she has this look like maybe she's starting to figure things out and so once she gets on deck where they're you know these two uh these two people are trying to explain the situation to you know the group and then it dawns on her well that's her boyfriend jack and instead of kind of like keeping her mouth shut about it or playing dumb and maybe you know having a few steps of foresight and you know obviously they're going to try to get the drop off on us in a minute so i'll just kind of pretend like i don't know what's going on and then i don't know something or hide or something or hide yeah exactly be the one like steven seagal on the boat and <laughs> yes under you siege. know just right exactly <laughs> just under siege and she can stalk around the boat and then take out three people on her own no problem but yeah, no I'll, she's like we could have seen her turn into john mcclain there for a little bit but nope she's just an idiot. What are you yeah, guys doing? Is that you, Jack? Jack, so glad you made it. Hey. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> you're cute. And, <laughs> and then, every, yeah, everything just goes straight to hell. As soon as she makes the connection that's Jack, every, everybody makes their move. Daniel gets disarmed like he wasn't some sort of, you know, killing machine back wherever he's from. And yeah, of what's course, upset about that? I wish they would have made that more like, oh, they immediately hit him out first or something, because I would have been like, he should have had more of a fight, because he's supposed to be a badass. Yeah, he, yeah, he really is. Even for his age, you know, he he still should have put up a better fight. I mean, Travis goes down like, I mean, that guy can barely fight off walkers, so it's <laughs> no surprise that he's going to be overwhelmed by some 20-something-year-old kid. But yeah, so everybody's taken hostage. Um, somehow, tactically, Vita knows when to start beating the shit out of Maddie in the bathroom at the same time that they're taking over the rest of the boat. So Strand, meanwhile, is jumps off the boat, <laughs> just leaves. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. Well, he just. Well, the thing was, is I think that he was thinking of staging a rescue. Had there been ammunition for his gun that he keeps in his trunk, right. but but Daniel uh, finagled that for no good reason. I mean, uh, I. See, uh, his distrust sort of fucked them, the whole group over right well, there. Well, did we see Daniel take that the ammo? Yeah, there was, there was oh, this, when okay. he, yeah, when he, I, I forgot what Strand was doing, but Daniel sneaks onto the bridge, uh, I think it was during the third episode, and is like fooling around, he finds this trunk under one of the seats, and he jimmies it open with a pocket knife somehow. Right. Um, and uh, finds the maps to Mexico, and then uh, some other stuff, and then he finds like this, this semi-automatic gun and uh he leaves yeah he leaves that there but i guess he took the clip so anyhow because i heard that line i thought it was he says paranoid bastard that's what a strand says and i was like oh is he talking about the abigail guy like that's his boat like maybe the that guy never left ammo in the gun or something but you're right it was yeah the whole time i was thinking it was 
I didn't think about yeah. Daniel. Yeah, Strand is too smart to not know that Daniel is like is sniffing around his stuff. Yeah. Um, but so he said, "Well, Plan B is fuck him," and he he, 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 <laughs> he takes the raft. But uh, you know, plan too F, late. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plan F. That's that's that, that's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> yeah, this is Operation Fuckem. I'm leaving. Um, but I guess Reed is the one of the guys named the big shit talker of the group. Oh God, Reed, Reed really and Jack. Annoying. Yeah, it really was. Um, you know, they take a few pot shots at him, and they at least put a hole in his raft. I don't know. It, not necessarily. He looks like he got hit. He like makes a noise like he got hit, but. The important part was that his raft got sunk, or their raft. Yeah. And thus begins the flashbacks. Which I thought were really interesting and cool. Yeah, they they were really well done. Um, Doug Ray Scott, his uh, business partner slash boyfriend. Um, Fairly big really, actor for this show, too. Very big actor, and he's uh, pretty talented. I, I, like, I like him in all his little character roles like that. But, um, yeah, so we see that... Um, Maybe Strand is a real estate guy. Maybe he isn't. Maybe he's just a really convincing con artist. But uh, he gains Thomas Abigail's trust. And uh, during you know Katrina, this whole Katrina thing and this real estate problems that they're having, and uh, he ends up taking him back to his hotel room and then robbing him for all he's worth, or his credit cards at least. And like he didn't even care that he could see him do it. He was like, "Whatever, you can see me doing. It. I'm still taking your cards." Yeah, exactly. And that's it was funny how he uh Thomas Abigail was like, I might remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah before one. he just yeah, before he kinda like passes out. And uh, uh and I think that was a moment where Strand might have thought like, Oh, I got one over on this guy and there will be no um no uh consequences of that. Yeah. But I think what was I think the second flashback is when they catch up to him at his apartment. And sort of detail all the th- all the money that he stole from from Thomas, and that's when we meet uh, Carlos. Is it Carlos? Yep. Okay. That's when we meet the henchmen, and all these things start to unfold. Uh, so, but the reason why we're watching this episode is for these flashbacks, it's not necessarily because we want to see these people bumbling around on the boat. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> and we're finally getting competent people like. Now that Strand and Carlos are going to be there, like Carlos is going to be very capable. Obviously, you can tell he's capable with gun, with you know, being roughing it, you know, that kind of thing. And he, yeah, I think he acted as kind of Abigail's bodyguard for a long time and his best friend because they grew up together or whatever. Right. Um, so that's going to be cool. But like, yeah, just more interesting characters that are more survivable and not whiny teenagers time. So yeah, it's, and that was. Yeah, it was really enjoyable for for Nick to finally reach Carlos once you find out that that's who he was looking for this whole time. Uh, meanwhile, this you know the shit show is is on, in full swing on on Abigail. Uh, you know, he kind of Nick again. Just all he does is ask questions and kind of plays dumb. And uh, Carlos is just ready to lay all this whole history of you know his family with Thomas Abigail's family and you know how Strand came into the picture and. You know, so all these pieces are just put back, put into the puzzle for him. And it seems like he's the only one that has like a general, like an overall idea of what's happening to the group. Daniel thinks he knows and he's relaying that, that information to Maddie and Maddie's trickling it to Travis, et cetera, et cetera. But like Nick is the one that 
he just sniffs out all this information, um, just kind of being sneaky on his own or just being just a likable, happy-go-lucky heroin junkie. It really is. Yeah. And it, so he- Yeah, I was kind of realizing that like I was trying to compare this show to The Walking Dead's start. And I think it's kind of something similar where there's a group forming slowly but surely. And there are some characters who are kind of acting as the mysterious one or kind of the villain, but you're not sure, like Strand and now who is going to be. And then I think where The Walking Dead eventually went, whereas we have our group now, we know everyone there is decent and is with with the group. And then we find external enemies that they focus mm-hmm. on. But I right. feel like right now they're kind of still figuring out who's going to be on the set team, you know, people. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think um, halfway through the episode, halfway through the season, we're going to get sort of a shakeup in the composition of the group. But um, for the time being, all these people need to stay together. So the whole episode aboard the Abigail was just them buying time to make a move on these pirates. Mm-hmm. And so Travis is bluffing with his boat mechanic, minch, <laughs> you know, bullshit, and uh, and uh, everybody else is just kind of sitting there in the dining area with um with the pregnant uh, vita and, and uh, madison is relentlessly harassing her about her child child being dead <laughs> <laughs> she's 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 got a, a, a zombie fetus in, in her and which is probably i think they they had a zombie baby in the remake of dawn of the dead and, and do you remember that did you see that movie I, I don't remember i know i've seen it a long time ago okay so I think it was Mikai Pfeiffer and his Russian girlfriend who was pregnant are part of the group. And, but she's bitten at the beginning of the movie, but they don't tell anybody. And then she like her pregnancy develops and then she finally is giving birth, but she's turned. Oh God. Yeah. So like he's hiding her in this little baby store in the mall that they hole up in and he won't let anybody else see her because she's already turned into a zombie, but he still thinks that there's hope for the baby. She, this, it's actually a really disturbing scene. He's got this pregnant undead woman like tied to a bed, like exorcist style. Jeez. And um and then she gives birth and like the big reveal is that it's this zombie baby and then they shoot it in the head and um and then they cut to a montage. It's it's really wonderful filmmaking. It's <laughs> classic. Zach, yeah, Zack Snyder at his finest. Oh um, right, you forgot the Zack Snyder. Yeah. So um yeah, there was the hint of a zombie baby on Fear the Walking Dead. But it was just to get into Vita's head so they can sort of set the balance of power off and make a move. But before any of that happens, this the rest of this pirate group led by this guy, what, what the hell was his name? Um, Connor? Connor, yeah. Now, here's what I, what I thought was interesting about that was it took, I don't know how long for, well, I guess in The Walking Dead, they were really at the mercy of these, like, the hunters, and they were at the mercy of the people in Terminus. but. All that was really like fairly quickly resolved, um, and it wasn't until Negan that we see them realizing, "Oh shit, we might not get out of this." And so, when Connor comes aboard, and he's this—he's got this bravado about him, and he's this, you know, who's well spoken, and oh, I've been wanting to meet you, Travis, and no, 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 lovely boat, blah blah blah. And so, like, it seems a little early for them to be introducing these uh you know like the warlord characters like you were saying earlier yeah it seems like it'd be too soon in the apocalypse to already have a warlord person you know popped up in like what a week or so or maybe it's been longer yeah I, i'm maybe you know he's maybe he's just a go-getter you know he's an early <laughs> early bloomer 
And when we and having just seen Negan and then seeing this guy, he's like he's just not nowhere near as interesting. Oh, or, no, <laughs> yeah. no, I, yeah, I don't. I hope this guy gets his head blown off in the next episode. Like I could care, <laughs> I could care less. Same but here. Uh, but so he boards. They leave with Travis and and I think Alicia because she sort of uh, gets her claws into Jack uh, with her feminine wiles, uh, and. and you know, for for as much crap as I gave her earlier, she's really did uh, sort of ex- change the power dynamic. At least by, she did that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. She really did. So, got to give her credit for that. But um, so they leave, and all these plans of overthrowing whomever kind of go out the window because that's when that character Red, um, which I mean, she's a gorgeous redhead, but they could have probably thought of another name for her. Um, <laughs> And then the bald guy, Ben, they sort of take over and then leave Reed there, too. So there's still three people, but, um, you know, the, they're armed, well, more well-armed than us, than the original group was. Mm-hmm. But then, which is probably the best part of the episode, they realize that uh, Nick and his new friend Carlos are on the boat trying to catch up to Abigail. And he just, you know, Carlos just nonchalantly, like, has a rifle. Which is awesome. And like, yeah, and headshots the both of them. I mean, he's on a raft that's like bouncing on the water. (laughs) And just within, you know, half a second of each other, he puts two of them down. I'm kind of hoping he becomes a crowd favorite and like somehow becomes a big character in the show because he already sounds, he's like fun and like happy and still can shoot someone in the head with from a raft. So I like that kind of character. <laughs> yeah, me too. And he's, he's credited in the next couple of episodes at least. So well, that's good. Um, yeah, I think. I'm saying it now, like they're making a big mistake if they have him do all this cool shit in like the next couple of episodes. They're like, oh, let's kill him. Well, it's kind of like with Daryl. They were supposed to kill him off early on, but then fans loved him. So he stayed on, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see what kind of support we have for the Hispanic Daryl. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? All right. So we'll see how, all, we'll see how all that plays out. Speaking of which, uh, kind of like as casting things go before he, get to the end of the very end of the episode um i'm noticing that kim dickens who plays maddie is the top billing which is great because i was like cliff is not very interesting and i don't want just another another rick like mm-hmm. so yeah I, i'm kind of happy that they're making maybe we'll push maddie as like the leader of the group and it doesn't have to be a dude like make it make it the woman for once you know yeah well and i i think i mentioned that too that sh- there was a look she gave strand mm-hmm. um and I think it was after that he had cut the people loose from the from the back of Abigail, but she looked at him like she really could kill somebody, and she's the first person that runs uh, that Reed guy through with a on a crowbar or something god oh, awful yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, Strand says, "You're not a killer," and she looks at him as if saying, "I, I think I am." <laughs> yeah, bitch, try me. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, this sort of. Uh, kind of puts our heroes into this situation where it's not just killing walkers it's also worrying about the danger of other people too which i mean the whole dynamic of the walking dead was like oh it's people that we have to worry about and it took them six seasons to figure that one out but you know right away so at the at the end you know we sort of get strand's backstory and how all this ties into abigail and the abigail and where they're going um final flashback and then he's rescued, but it's only because Carlos won't leave without him. 
Daniel wants to leave without him, but Daniel's an asshole, so it's like... And they also kind of want to go to that house in Mexico because it sounded good. It's, it was sound, yeah, it sounded good. Like, I was thinking to myself, if they knew, if the people in Abigail knew where they were going when they showed it in the flash, I was like, damn, I, that's, I don't care if I, was, I were to last only about a week or two in a place like that. I mean, that would be a good, a good end of my life. It looked hanging gorgeous. Out there. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, but so we have this dynamic, well, I guess it's not really dynamic, but it's a situation where Travis and Alicia are still gone with Connor. Um, Red, Ben, and Reed are dunzo. Um, and Strand is in of indeterminate health. Uh, and, and then rescues him at the end. Right, exactly, which is interesting because we were just talking about how she gave him that dirty-ass look. Yeah. Um, but I think overall she realizes that they, the group needs him at least until they get to where they're going and at least until they get into land. And then they can go their separate ways or fight it out or whatever, but they at least need to get to this place in Mexico. And, you know, there's the whole scene where um, Cliff is not Cliff, uh, Travis, Travis. I'm at the actor's name, uh, yeah. but, uh, where he's working on the boat and she comes in there and talks to him about going to Mexico. And he's like, well, you didn't even talk to me about it yet. It's like you've already decided. And I think yeah. they're going to have an issue with society and that stupid dynamic because every time Rick would say something to Lori, it's like, you got to listen to me, Lori. I know what I'm doing. And she's <laughs> like. Okay, but now it's like if Kim <laughs> says that to, or if Madison says that to Travis, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, is he just gonna listen to everything she says? He must be whipped or something." It's like, no, like she just should be in charge, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So he'll, I bet he'll have to die for her to like then just take charge of the group and not have like a husband character there, right? Know? But that just be, I wouldn't care if she told him what to do. But I th- I don't think society and audiences are gonna let that happen. It just no, he he needs to be the Lori of. Yes. This, of this show, you know, where he's there for a little bit, but he gets pregnant, then he uh, dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he no, he cheats, and then he gets he gets man pregnant, and then he, <laughs> he dies a sad death. Well, no, what I think is, is going to happen might even happen in the season finale. Is I think both Chris and Travis are going to go out, really, and just sort yeah, and just sort of get rid of the whole Manoa bloodline in one fell swoop. So you really believe that'll happen? I th- I think one or both are going to go out at the end of this at the end of this uh, season because there's unless they do some really good character building between now and then like I don't really nobody's going to care if anybody else dies yeah you know what I mean well it's actually a segment I think we should make in the show is Death Watch so at the end <laughs> of every episode we'll have Death Watch and we'll say who we think the next main ish character is that's going to die. So you think the the next main character to die is me? One of the Manawa, as I pronounce it. Yeah, one I of thought, the, yeah. I thought it was Manawa, but Manawa. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Manawar. I I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Well, when when Travis, Travis introduces himself to the weird, creepy dad on the island, he says his last name, and I think it was Manawa. But that sounds right. Yeah, you're gonna have to watch it, and then you'll have to get back to me. So, yeah, I was trying to think of who I think the first character to die is gonna be. I don't think it'll be Alicia or Nick because. You know, Ooh. Alicia's like the only you know gorgeous girl on the show. I mean, Ophelia is really really attractive too. But yeah, um, Nick is too much fun. He's great. They wouldn't kill yes. him. Nope. Matt, Maddie's setting up to be the leaders. So they could throw us off by killing her, but that would really suck. Yeah, but uh, it would be a step backwards. Yeah, I don't think Victor's gonna die. I mean, if we're following Walking Dead rules, though, once you sow someone's backstory in an episode, they usually die immediately. So. Yeah, but yeah, but there, I think they're setting it up to for something really big to happen with 
Thomas Abigail himself. Yeah. Because we're assuming that he's waiting there with Carlos's mother. They still and it's going to be like, yeah, that there's going to be this great homecoming. It might not be like that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just, and I, here's the thing is like, and uh, Carlos was telling Nick all this information where he said uh, that they're meeting up with a flotilla, which is a, sm- a small fleet in Spanish. So mm-hmm. I think there, there might be some sort of military ish. Um, group that they're meeting up with and there need there was going to be an exchange of money because he was telling Nick that he only brought enough money for so many people to buy their way into this flotilla. That's true. And I dropped my pronunciation pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> it's like yeah. I can't say it like that. It's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the only time people have heard the word flotilla is in the Mass Effect games. Oh, I, I've, yeah, I read a lot of fantasy books. So I heard a lot, but yeah, it's in Mass Effect a lot too. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Uh, but so there's obviously, there's going to be a doorman of sorts for the group to have to get past soon. So, well, I wonder why they'd care about money at this point. Why would that matter? You think they want goods, not money? Well, if, if they know something that the rest of the world doesn't. True where they believe in a still a semi-functional society where money does, you know, have make a statement then, you know, but again, we'll have to see because it seems like Thomas Abigail and his whole group, you know, uh, Carlos and his mother and, and bringing strand along is a lot more well-connected. Like we got a hint of that when he tracked down strand, but I think he's way more, connected to what's really going on in the world than you know was shown in the flashbacks so well that brings up a good question do you think what some people have guessed or rumored that this show might actually get to the bottom of what happened with the zombie virus yeah i think may yeah that's actually uh and i i personally haven't read anything like that but now that you say it yeah these these you know strand could be just a really itty bitty teeny tiny tentacle of a much greater beast that is behind this whole outbreak, you know, uh, you know, either on purpose or by accident, they were trying to do something that failed, but this is exactly what they wanted to happen. And yeah, maybe this show is, um, it's called fear the walking dead. I think the point of it is to teach us to fear what's, you know, the world that they had created. I have, um, I don't know. I'm just it's possible. Pulling stuff out of my ass. Well, also like Ab- the guy, Abigail guy, he seems even more well-connected. He's that, you know, independently wealthy above strand. So he might be connected to some part of the conspiracy or whatever happened. So if they keep his character on, cause he's an expensive actor. So we'll see. Yeah. 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 They probably can't afford him for too much longer, but he did. <laughs> there was that the exchange about strand meeting the council about the purchase of the land. Yeah. I wonder about that. Yeah. And why is it, the council why isn't it like a board of trustees like or the illuminati or something or yeah exactly <laughs> and and abigail could care less about the council and you know wants to have more handholdy drinky drinky time um, <laughs> you put things so well jerry <laughs> i am i'm fucking eloquent i gotta tell you <laughs> i'm what do you call it uh good with uh words that that's what it is. yeah that that word that word usage thing whatever you <laughs> fucking call it but uh yeah so i'm you know i was kind of flip floppy about how easily you know the rest of the group was taken down but they did a hell of a job storytelling wise by you know giving us a little glimpse into strand and introducing carlos was i mean that action scene lasted what 
five seconds and I was like, fuck yeah, that's great. Headshots. <laughs> Headshots. Yeah. And now that he's there, we might have more of those kind of scenes. Hopefully. Exactly. You get, you get really tired of like all this labored bludgeoning and, oh God, I fell over and I fell over again and there's a zombie on top of me. No, we want some like quick, clean action, you know? Yeah. If I wanted that, I'd watch wrestling or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's greasy men instead of zombies. Oh yeah. That's uh, that's wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So what do you, do you, do you think we covered it all here? I think so. I mean, that's the end of that episode. And the next one is called what now it's going to be. Let's see. I'm looking at my MDB. Everybody gets kicked in the dick. <laughs> if only. It's called Captive. Apparently, the says Alicia works toward reuniting with her family. Travis comes across a familiar face. Madison and Nick try to save their family against all odds. Sounds like a lot of the episodes. Oh, uh, dear. Yeah, that's pretty. That's vague. I don't like that. <laughs> but we'll see what that is next week, I suppose. Yeah, we'll tune in next week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's about it. Anything else you wanted to mention? For this episode um no just um yeah keep reading the recaps and reviews um you know it'd be great to get some feedback about that uh either on the website or do we still have the, the email up? yeah if you want to email us at stuff and thangs that's t-h-a-n-g-s at uh, playonnerds.com and just ask us questions things you want us to talk about theories you have uh characters you want to die or you want to live all that kind right. Of if you, yeah. If you want to join in on the Deadpool, you know, by all means. I almost thought of calling it Deadpool. And I'm like, oh, that's already Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, we're going to have a tough time with that one. Cool. Well, that about covers it. Now, if you want to get in contact with uh, Jerry, how do they do that? Um, let's see. If you want to get in contact with me. You got Twitter, you right? Could, yeah, I have I, um, Frank and Jerry on Twitter. Let me double check that. I, I, have, I have so many personas. I have so many things. Frank and Jerry. I didn't even know about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my Twitter handle's at uh, Frank and Jerry. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's got nothing to do with Fear the Walking Dead, but I'm at I'm at Geraldo Pedro, all one word. Please don't stalk me, or if you do, be interesting. I guess. <laughs> Play on Earth just followed you on Twitter. <laughs> Damn! There it is. There it is. There you go. You got 27 followers, man. Fuck yeah! Keep it up there. <laughs> I am. I am coming up in the Twitterverse. But if you want to research me or you want to find me for any reason, uh, you can just email me, jarman at aplayonnerds.com. There you go, folks. Or follow us on Twitter and all that jazz, which you'll probably hear at the end of this episode anyway. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See you next week. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aplayonnerds. Or check us out on Twitter and Instagram at aplayonnerds. We're also streaming live game content all the time on twitch.tv slash aplayonnerds. Fun videos and stuff to check out, youtube.com slash playonnerds. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if possible because that lets us be easily searched in the iTunes search index for podcasts check us out at our website www.aplayonnerds.com where all this content can be found at the tip of your fingers and you can also always email us at anything at aplayonnerds.com we just want to hear from you however you do it check us out and how